The message titled this morning, Light Revealed, and I mentioned this a little earlier, today we're stepped into December and the Christmas rush has begun with decorating and shopping. My prayer is for everyone in this room that our attention might be turned to the event of the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth, listen to this, the birth of our Savior. Now, I I tell you, I, I... I don't think Christmas is the greatest season of Christian celebration. Jesus' birth was necessary in order for us to have Resurrection Sunday. I believe Resurrection Sunday is the greatest time that we can celebrate called Easter. But compared to Easter, the second greatest holiday that we celebrate in uh, the Christian faith is the birth of our Savior the one who saves, the one that brings life, hope, peace, joy, comfort, and the list could just go on and on and on of what Jesus Christ brings into our life when we live in the light. So this morning, I want us to focus on how that Jesus came to be the light of the world at His birth. As I was... Thinking about this, I was thinking about, well, I might mention or I might preach on the direction of the star and how the wise men uh, saw the star and they followed the star. Uh, And I know that many of you understand this. Some of us may have missed it. Uh, The wise men didn't go to the manger. The wise men went to the head of the, the Jewish religion. They went to Jerusalem and And they ask, where is this Savior that has been born? So see, the the wise men came to a house where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were at, but they were led there by light. That light led them to the light that Jesus has become and come into the world. We could have gone that direction, but I want to turn to Luke chapter 1 with me, if you would. Luke chapter 1. And I'm going not, we're not going to read this whole event that takes place with one of the priests named Zechariah, but we are going to look at part of what his proclamation is. Now, the Bible tells us of this, this event that took place. Zechariah was a priest, and he was, they, they rotated their priesthood, or they rotated the different families that would come to Jerusalem and they would serve in the temple, it was his time, it was his group. It was their time to come to the temple to serve. Then they would draw lots as to who would do certain portions of the service or the, in the, the temple. And Zechariah, being one of the priests, it was brought upon him or he drew the lot that said, your job is to go into the temple and to burn incense. And that was part of the... The, uh, the outer sanctuary, not the inner, the Holy of Holies, but that inner sanctuary portion. And he was there and he went inside to burn incense. While he was in there, he encountered an angel. And this angel began to tell him of the things that were about to come. This angel told Zechariah, he said, Zechariah, you and your wife are going to have a child. And you're going to name him John. And Zechariah was pretty surprised about this. And, and Zechariah explained to the angel, said, you don't understand. Me and my wife are of, of 
later in years. Uh, it's, it's not normal for someone of, of our age to have children. And he says, how is this going to take place? Well, the angel said, well, Zechariah, because you're not believing what I'm telling you, I am going to make it to where you're not able to speak for a period of time. And so at that point, Zechariah was struck to where he could not speak. And he was, you know the rest of the event, that after the birth of, of John, his son, when they wrote on the piece of paper, when he wrote down, they asked him what he would name this child. Now, in those days, you named your child of someone that from your lineage or someone that has been named before him, an uncle or a kinfolk or a grandpa. You kept names in the family. And they were really surprised when he wrote down the name John because John was not of their heritage. That name had never appeared. But when he fulfilled what the angel had declared unto him, his voice was restored. This is where we want to begin. If you look in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 67, that is when it begins, or this is when Zechariah begins to speak. And in that verse it says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he prophesied. Now if you've got a, a Bible that gives headings, Right there you're going to see it's going to say Zacharias prophesies or Zacharias song. Zachariah began to sing. And at the same time he was singing, he was prophesying because the Holy Spirit has filled him. He was prophesying of things that were to come. Now, in when John is sitting there speaking with the angel inside the temple... One of the things that the angel was telling John, he says, I mean, Zechariah, he says, now listen, your son, his name is going to be John, but I want you to know what John's going to be doing. John is going to come and he is going to proclaim the Lord is here. He is going to proclaim. He is going to be, as it spoke in Isaiah, he is going to be the forerunner for the Messiah that is to come. And I mean... Zechariah is really surprised. These are only things that they have heard of. Understand the Jewish people now for 400 years have not heard from the Lord. For 400 years, God has not sent a prophet into their midst to tell them of things that God was expecting from them. This is the first time the angel of the Lord appeared to anyone in over 400 years. And he appeared, the angel appeared unto Zechariah. So as Zechariah starts here in verse number 67, and man, he is excited and he proclaims, thank you God for what my son is going to do. This is what we see. Look there, look down in verse number, uh, verse number 76. This is the point that I want us to see this morning. Verse number 76 this is again Zechariah singing or proclaiming or prophesying. And he says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. Now he's talking about John, his son that's been born. He says, Son, you will be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. You shall go before the face... Let's put a name in there. 
You will go before the face of Jesus to prepare His way, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Now I want us to notice something where it says day spring right there. The word day spring right there, it says that that word day spring is the rising, look that word up in Hebrew, is the rising of light. Day spring is the rising of light. Verse 79 again, uh, verse 78 again. Through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the rising of light from on high or from heaven hath visited us. Now watch what he is talking about. The one that has come as a rising of light to come and visit us is to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet unto the way of peace. So it is telling us that Jesus has come to bring us to the light of those who are in the shadow of death. So this morning, I want us to look at who Jesus is and how it refers to Jesus as being the light. And listen, when we get done this morning, you're going to see that if you are without the light, you are in darkness. Let me say that again. If you are without the light, you are in darkness. Y'all heard this the other day, and I, I researched it and looked it up. And you can, you can find a lot of different opinions about this. And, and, and there's more than just three things. Three basic things that the human body has to have in order to live. Now, air is not one of them. That's, that's not on my list, but we understand that you've got to have air or you can't live. But three of the basic things that kind of stood out to me. Do you know that, that the human body can only last three to five days without water? Three to five days without water. And one of the things I love to, to see is that Jesus says that I am the living water. If you want life, you must have water. If you want if you want Jesus, or life through Jesus, you must go to Him. Man can only live 30 to 40 days without food. You've got to have food in order to even, if you kill 30 or 40 days without food, you're going to see that you're, going to, you're not going to survive. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In order to live, you must have the bread of Jesus Christ. Now, hey, we're not, we're not talking about surviving. I know there's a lot of people that survive this world without Jesus their whole life, but I want you to know they have not lived. They've had life, but they have not lived. Jesus is the bread of life. The third thing that's essential, and I think we will see this if you saw the little soccer team that was in the cave, and I forget how many days they were inside that cave before they... Anybody remember the, n- the number... How many? Eight or nine days? Nine days. They were in that cave. And they started having the effects of not having light for nine days. It was just nine days. The human body can live about a year before they start suffering the effects of not having sunlight on their body. 
They get vitamin D from sunlight, and there's other things. And when you when you become to not being exposed to the light, you begin to experience death. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And if you have the light of the world in you, you are not in darkness. So these are the things as we begin to experience and we begin to read about what Jesus is and when Jesus comes. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and it speaks about this light that we're talking about in John chapter 1. As you're turning in John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let me say that again. But he shall have the light of life. He says, I am the light of the world. And, and I, I, you know, I had, a, I had a very extended sermon this morning and lots of verses like I normally do. And, and I, I've decided to try and make this as simple and as plain as I can make it concerning Jesus being the light. And it, if you are in the light... You are not in darkness. And I have come, and you will see this, this takes place in the world. People who live in darkness when they get in trouble, what do they have the tendency to do? Do they have a tendency to run to the light or do they have a tendency to go deeper into the darkness? Somebody give me an answer to that. They have a tendency to go deeper in to the darkness. Someone that has an indis- in, uh, a, a tendency to have a problem with drugs or alcohol and then an event takes place in their life, a sickness or a death or a hardship or a loss of job, one of the ways that they choose to alleviate that problem is to choose uh, to go and get drunk or to choose to go and get high. And instead of, instead of going to the Lord and seeking after the light and being exposed to the light, What they do is they choose darkness and it just causes them to go into a deeper and deeper darkness. I was sharing with Johnny this morning an illustration that a professor was talking about in the college. And one of the illustrations the professor was asking this Christian young man, he says, is there evil in the world? And the young man says, there's no such thing as evil. And the professor kind of laughed and he says, What do you mean there's no such thing as evil? He says there is only good. He said that don't make any sense to me at all, young man. He says, no sir, you just just need to understand. There, There is only good in the world. Evil is just the absence of good. Evil is, is when, when God is not present in the situation. That results in evil. So there is not evil when you are in the light. There is no evil. It is when you're not in the light that you begin to experience evil. Therefore, evil does not exist when you're in the light. It is just the absence of the light where evil falls. Just like like light. There There is no indication. There is no measurement of darkness. There is only measurement of light. You can measure light. They've got meters that can measure how bright that is. And what you do, 
you get into, I'm going to use the word, you get into a dark environment, and what that meter measures, that meter can only measure the absence of that. We had to come up with a term that describes the absence of light, and that is the word darkness, but there's no way to measure darkness. There's only a way to measure the absence of darkness. I'm telling you, when you live in a world, when you live in the world of darkness, when you live in a world, it is simply because we have chosen to live without God that we experience something that is less than God. So let's look at what it says here in John chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm going to read just, I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to go back and we're going to look at the words where it talks about who Jesus is. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. In other words, the light shined into an area where there was no light, where there was no belief. The light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light. In other words, John was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Listen to this. Which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I didn't write that. This light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. According to this scripture right here, every person in the world has had opportunity to know who Jesus is. He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came into His own and His own received Him not. Did you notice Jesus' name was never mentioned there? Do we know who this scripture was talking about? We know this was talking about Jesus. Let me, if you don't mind, let me fill in the names. I'm going to read through this again. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Jesus, and without Jesus was not anything made that was made. In Jesus was life, and the life was the, was the light of men. And, the, and Jesus shined into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of Jesus, that all men through Jesus might believe. He was not Jesus, but he was sent to bear witness of Jesus. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And Jesus came into his own, and his own received him not. Again, as we look at this scripture, it refers to the darkness... And it refers to the light. It refers to Jesus as the light. It says Jesus came in the world. The light came in 
and it shined into, and when it is referring to the darkness, it is referring to the world. The world that we live in right now. I want you to know God tried every way throughout the Old Testament to draw men to Himself, and it did not work. So He sends His only Son into the world. He shined the light into this darkness and gave every single person in this room, every single person in the world, an opportunity to have life through Jesus. But the world comprehended Him not. He came into His own, talking about the Jewish people. And even they did not comprehend the light. They rejected the light. This light was come. And as we read in in, uh, Luke chapter 1, John came to expose and let everyone know that the light was on its way. That Jesus was coming. God's Son was on His way. He is the one that is going to bring redemption to the world if you will simply believe in what He has come to say. Now, let's just put it down here on, on the ground level here. I think most of us today, most of us today in our whole life, our desire is to be happy. Our desire is to accomplish things that make us happy. We just, uh, most kids today, goodness gracious, our, our little three-year-old has a girlfriend. Her name is Ellie. Papa, I told Ellie I love her. She said she hates me. (laughs) I don't think he's very nice to her, but three years old. Three years old, somehow, I would think a three-year-old wouldn't have any idea that he needs a girlfriend. The darkness of this world has influenced him somehow that this is what you need to be happy. And I want you to know every single one of us is that way. We're raised to come up into this world and, and the world offers us things to make us happy. The scripture tells us just the opposite. If you want to have joy and peace full of glory, a joy unspeakable and full of glory, if you want that, look to Jesus. Look to the light. I may aggravate somebody this morning. Through the week, we, me and Susie have had meetings with different people as we discussed having the, the care for her mother. We sat in a room with several people could not help but notice that one particular lady in the room pretty much uh, revealed what her belief was about certain things in life by the jewelry she wore, uh, by the tattoos that she exposed, the way she carried herself, the way she spoke. And you knew a whole lot about this person without them even speaking, 
And I do understand. Some people are going to say, well, Brother Wayne, all you're doing is judging those people. No, they were not shy to say what they, they believed in life. But I want you to know, I'm being very careful how I make my words here. It was very obvious they're looking for a purpose in life. They're looking for joy in life. They're looking for happiness in life. And they're looking in all the wrong places. Exposed to another person in this last week and and the way that she decorated her body was very evident that she was looking for something in life. And listen, I, I want you to know me and Susie both recognized the one thing they were looking for is they just simply needed Jesus. Okay? They simply needed Jesus. That's, I want you to know, what they showed by the outward appearance of themselves is saying, I am looking for the light, and I'm looking for it here, and I'm looking for it here, and I'm looking for it here. And I'm telling you, according to the Scriptures, all of those lead to a dead end. And even some that are sitting in this room right now are saying well, I'm going to try this this week or I've been experiencing this or I have a desire to do this to my body or I'll present myself here or I'm in a relationship and I'm going to take it one extra level because I think that's going to bring me happiness, acceptance and joy and all it does is bring shame and heartache and destruction. And y'all, y'all can tell I'm beating around the bush, aren't I? And I hope you're able to understand what I'm saying because listen... The world does not offer life. Only Jesus offers life. John, uh, Turn with me to John chapter 3 and verse 18. Most of you know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 is God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Alright, most of us know those two verses. But let's look at these next couple of verses here. John 3 and 18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he did not believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Did it say that you were condemned because you were a sinner? No, it says you were condemned because you do not believe in the light. Jesus is the light. He sent His only begotten Son that He might have a relationship with you and you rejected it. That's what you're condemned for. Verse number 19, And this is the condemnation. In other words, this is what condemns you. That light is coming to the world and men loved darkness more than light because their deeds were evil. That's what it boils down to right there. We're condemned because God sent His Son and He tells us in His Word that He loves us. He desires to have a relationship. Put your faith and trust in me and I will save you. And you will again have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if you do not do that, then you are condemned already. Listen, I, 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 I wouldn't be bold enough to say that of myself. I'm just reading the Scripture 
And my goodness, God who was willing to send His Son, what more could we ask for? John 12 says, I am the light. I am come a light unto the world, and whosoever believeth in me shall not abide in darkness. I'll just reference Acts chapter 22 and verse 6. Paul is on the road to Damascus and he's given his testimony to a king. And he says, I just want you to know I was on the road to Damascus. I was going to the city of Damascus to persecute Christians. And while I was on the road, this great light blinded me. Who was that light? Jesus was that light. He said, when Jesus came to me, he says, why are you trying to fight against me? Why Isn't it hard to kick against the pricks? He says, who art you? He says, I am Jesus, the Son of God. I am the Messiah that you've rejected. I'm Jesus, the one that y'all crucified. That's who I am. And I want you to know on that day, Paul's life was changed forever because he saw the light. I hope this morning that you can see that Jesus is the light. Christmas is about the light that come into the world that we might have a relationship with Him. I love what it tells us in Psalms. 27 and 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalms 119, it says, The word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119 and 30, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. Let me tell you, you read about the word of God and I'm telling you, it's going to tell you about Jesus. It's going to tell you about the light that gives you resurrection. It gives you life anewed. One more verse, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 13. The first part of that verse is talking about the prophecy that the light is going to come into the world. It says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and he dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of these two towns, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying that the land of Zamblon and the land of Nephthalim by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Listen, this is what the prophecy is. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. The reason Jesus went to these two towns is because it prophesied and said these two towns right here, a great light is going to come into their town. And then we read in Scripture that Jesus went to that town. Guess who Jesus was? Jesus was that great light. It says the the people which sat in darkness or unbelief or not a relationship with God saw this great light and to them which sat in the regions and the shadows of death, light is sprung up. And from from that time on, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My desire this morning is to proclaim to you the light. Salvation. My desire is to let you know that this season, as we celebrate and as you put up trees and as you hang mistletoe and as you put up lights and as you you put up manger scenes and as the time comes and you're buying gifts and you're singing carols and you're drinking hot chocolate, that you will be reminded that this season is a season of light. I like it that we decorate with light. I like it that we put stars on the top of the trees. I like it that we gather together and we put gifts under those trees. I pray that you let the meaning of Christmas truly 
be exposed through all of those things. The evergreen that is put up, that it represents eternal life, and the decorations represents the gifts that the wise men came and brought and laid at the feet of Jesus. The star represents the star of Bethlehem that led the wise men there. The gifts under the trees represent all of those things. I hope that that's what we do. I hope we don't get wrapped up in just what Brother Wayne said, the Santa Claus syndrome. It's not about Santa Claus. It's about the light of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced that light, telling you. Scripture says, if you believe and put your faith and trust in Jesus, you will have life and you will have it everlasting because Jesus saves. I'm not going to explain all of the details of what I'm fixing to say. Some of you may understand this. As I mentioned, the very manger scene that Jesus was held in and that He was housed in when He got to Bethlehem because there was no room in the inn. Do you realize it was not an accident that Jesus had to appear in that manger scene? He had to represent the Lamb that would be slain in the world. Mary, I hope everyone understands, had Jesus not been born of a virgin, Jesus could not have been our Savior. Because Jesus would have had paid for His own sins. But He was born born of a virgin, conceived of God Almighty through the Holy Spirit. Some of you will understand this. When Jesus was born, He was not born like an ordinary child. When Jesus was born, Jesus was born covered in blood. And when Jesus left this earth, He left this earth covered in blood for the sins of the world. Jesus came into this world to be our Savior. Would you turn to the light this morning? This morning, if you haven't received enough information that you feel comfortable about being saved, I want to challenge you to come and speak to me or speak to some of our elder people in our church and and understand exactly what it means to believe and give your life to Jesus. My prayer is that we will come out of the darkness and see that Jesus gives us life and gives us life more abundant. Let's stand together this morning, and I will pray, and then we'll ask this invitation to be led. I pray that your decision this morning will be to follow Jesus. Father, as we come this morning, I thank you for being the light that was sent into this world, compared to the darkness that this world exists in. God, you tell us we have a free choice to choose, whether to stay in the light or stay in the darkness. And I pray this morning that we'll give our heart and our life to you, the light of the world. Thank you again for this opportunity. May you be pleased with everything that's decided at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.